welcome back to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent on the Tuesday edition with your host, John Rawl. Our email address here on the program, if you want to call us or email us anytime, our phone number is 803-816-1170, and that email is y'allshow at y-a-l-l.com, y'allshow at y'all.com. We're also on Instagram, and coming soon we'll be on Facebook, so hold on to your to your to your uh, to your britches, <laughs> y'all's just growing by leaps and bounds, and we we'll get all the the dots and dotted and the, the T's crossed here on this all Southern program. We've got Matt Hearman's coming up in hour two. We're going to talk some grilling with him. He, we we didn't hear from him last week. We had an encore since it was right after Labor Day. We didn't have Mr. Barrister of Bodacious Barbecue on the show, but we're going to get him lined up again today and find out what he's got in store for us here on this uh, first time we've heard an original barrister report in the month of September. So we've got that coming up. We'll talk about our sports land yap. We've got some news on small college front as well as big college front to pass along. And of course, we saw some more NFL action on Monday night. Impressive win by the New York football Jets. And we've got an update on all other aspects of football to tell you about in our sports lineup in hour two. Right now on the show, we get hour one underway. We'll have some political talk underway in just a little bit. But up first, and we'll continue to have this, I'm sure, throughout the entire week as our lead story, and that is Hurricane Florence. It is continuing to barrel toward the Carolina coast. All eyes are on this thing likely to hit sometime Thursday, most likely in the evening, and it is a scary situation. On Monday, we saw the governor of South Carolina, Henry McMaster, issue an emergency order for South Carolinians along the coast to evacuate, and schools in the Palmetto State are closed today, really through the rest of the week, from what I can gather, in about two-thirds of the state of South Carolina from the coast of South Carolina all the way past Columbia, working your way toward the upstate of South Carolina, from Columbia to the coast. Myrtle Beach closed, Charleston closed, even Beaufort County uh, on the Georgia border. Beaufort and Jasper County on the very south end of the coast of South Carolina closed. So they're taking it quite seriously in South Carolina. Now, most people are saying that Florence is actually going to point more toward North Carolina. And, of course, the governor there, Governor Cooper, keeping the hurricane and its track in mind as well. Lots of emergency alerts in North Carolina, even Virginia. People are taking this thing very seriously, even in states that don't even border the ocean. This is going to be a major, major storm because it's going to come inland and it's going to soak and it's going to stick And we're going to see problems in West Virginia, Maryland, in Washington, D.C., and all throughout, really, the Northeast. This storm will be the weekend story. It's going to wreak havoc. You're going to see more and more cancellations. We saw on Monday, I know there's already been lots of cancellations, including my alma mater. It was scheduled to have a football game on Saturday night in Charleston, as the Citadel Bulldogs were going to have a home game against a team right there in the same county, Charleston Southern. And they went ahead Monday and canceled it because the governor of South Carolina has issued an evacuation. So there's no way that game can be played. 
they're trying to figure it out right now. They may play this thing four hours away from Charleston, and both schools are in Charleston. But they, that's just kind of the craziness that happens when you have hurricanes. Look for more cancellations. I, I know I'm going to talk about some sports stuff, but frankly, that is what gets a lot of of attention because of the amount of attention that sports gets. But South Carolina is supposed to have a home game against Marshall. I think that's going to get delayed or moved or something like that. Of course, there's football games scheduled in North Carolina. Actually, Coastal Carolina, which is just outside of Myrtle Beach, they were supposed to host a small school. Campbell was supposed to come to their FBS school, and they've already moved this game to Campbell, which is in Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, they're going to play this game on Wednesday, and it's free admission. Coastal Carolina and Campbell, a Wednesday football game, and I think it's an 11 o'clock in the morning kick time. What a strange set of circumstances. But that happens when you deal with hurricanes. Now, Bowie's Creek is no place you want to be maybe come Friday. But Wednesday, it ought to be okay, and they're going to try to squeeze that game in there just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina on Wednesday. And Look for more of that. I know there's lots of games scheduled in North Carolina and Virginia. I think you'll see because of the timing of this thing, it's going to dramatically affect football games. It's going to affect work. It's going to affect schools. And it's it's just, this is a Category 4 storm. And if you've seen the reports, there hasn't been a Category 4 storm hit the Carolinas since 1989 when Hurricane Hugo landed just north of Charleston. Charleston dodged it directly but in the same county is where it made landfall the eye passed over northern charleston county toward georgetown south carolina but still tons of damage but the loss of life wasn't in south carolina in 1989 there were some loss of life the greater number of lives lost and maybe even the more damage was four hours inland in charlotte north carolina where they had tons of tornadoes and flooding and that's why these hurricanes are so deadly and dangerous. It's not just where they hit and the storm surge from that. It's where they go and the path they take inland. And that's why if you're far away from the storm, you could still see the effect of it. I don't think this is going to come to fruition. But one of the craziest models I saw being traced for Hurricane Florence had it on some kind of crazy path that it actually kept going westward, and it ended up going toward Memphis, Tennessee, after it hit the coast of South Carolina, I think. But, yeah, these hurricanes are, that's why we pay a lot of attention to them here on the Y'all Show, because really any hurricane that hits the south is going to affect about 70% of the region, no matter where it hits, because it's going to end up curving and, and making landfall and just having some kind of effect either through the direct force of the hurricane strength winds or hundreds of miles inland through flooding wind wind damage big time story and that is life in the south in the fall and when you have fur and we're not even officially in fall but it feels like fall when you have hurricanes like this in the news Hurricane Florence continuing to barrel toward the Carolina coast this time. And, of course, keep your eye on local news channels and such for closures. And please evacuate if you're listening to us and you're in areas where you've been asked to leave. 
as the governor of South Carolina said, we're doing this to save lives. And South Carolina may end up dodging a bullet for the most part with Hurricane Florence, but they're being proactive there. North Carolina will do the right thing. And Virginia and all spots in between where this massive hurricane looks like it won't be curving northward. It's going to keep on heading west to the coast of the south and watch your appropriate news channels and weather channels to keep up with the latest. I'm, I've always been fascinated by hurricanes, and I think many of you probably are too, even if you don't even live in a coastal area. Just because of the unpredictability and the massive size these things are and the damage they can do. And there are, once again, a reminder that we may be smart as human beings and we may think we may have it all figured out. But in the end, it's the man upstairs that creates things like hurricanes and it's the man upstairs who only he knows where these things will actually go and the damage that will come from them. So we just, hopefully, if you're in the direct path, we, we wish you the best. Again, evacuate and let's get all, all get through this as painless as possible. Now, if you're not in the direct path of the storm, people are looking for places to go to get away. And how strange is it that people in South Carolina, maybe North Carolina too, maybe the safest direction to go is to Florida, of all places. Florida isn't going to be impacted by this Hurricane Florence. So Florida, where tons of people always go north from Florida when a hurricane comes, now they're going to see throngs of people perhaps going to Florida this weekend or throughout the week. And I, I, I don't blame people. I'm about to tell you about in North Georgia, in the very northeast corner of Georgia and Clayton, Georgia, there are places being opened now for evacuees from the Carolinas to go to. Well, I lived through the hurricane that came through North Georgia in September of 2017. And even though it wasn't hurricane strength winds per se, there are lots of trees in North Georgia, just like most of the South. And those trees come down when you've got tropical storm winds in the area. So if you are really kind of paranoid of any kind of bad storm, I don't think I'd want to be anywhere near this thing. So Florida may be your best option. Now, the bad news there is, I don't mean to pile it on here on today's Y'all Show, but if you've seen the weather, there's actually two other storms brewing down in the Caribbean, or well east of the Caribbean, but working their way to the Caribbean that could turn into storms themselves. That's a story for another day, but... Yeah, we're in the season where tornadoes and rather hurricanes and the tornadoes that come from them are a major, major problem. But if you're trying to get away, North Georgia could be an option. And further west and, of course, to Florida may be the best option for anybody wanting to get out of the storm's path here this week. But North Georgia would certainly welcome you if you decide to head in that direction. Today is September 11th, and sadly it marks the 17th anniversary of the attacks on our country back in 2001. President Trump will go to Pennsylvania where he will have a ceremony there in Shanksville and a Tower of Voices monument will be dedicated. It was dedicated over the weekend, but Trump will be there to see what the monument looks like. Now, Vice President Mike Pence will stay behind, and he will head to other places 
that were impacted by the September 11, 2001 attacks, including the Pentagon. And he's attending that ceremony today. As the president and vice president remember our heroes lost on September 11th of 2001, President Trump going to Shanksville, Pennsylvania for the September 11th memorial there in Pennsylvania. And we remember those victims, tragic victims of the worst terrorist act on U.S. soil 17 years ago. It's like Alan Jackson's song, Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning? We'll always have that memory if you're old enough to be alive and, and have memories of 2001. You'll never forget it. 17 years later, it feels like it was yesterday. For me, and I'm sure for you as well. In Louisiana, a high school there put an ad in the end zone and at Benton High School, this end zone ad has now been painted over because the school officials there said it had to be painted over because it was for a business called Christ Fit Gym, a faith-based gymnasium in Bosher City. And it had the words Christ Fit Gym in the ad that was in the end zone, a cross, and a Bible verse, 1 Timothy 4-8. through and the school decided to take that up. A decision came just before the school was to take the field. An owner of the Christ Fit Gym, Billy Weatherall, says he paid the school booster club $3,500 to put his logo in the end zone for the football season. But his contract has been violated. And he said he got a call from a school official Friday morning of last week. While he was having his quiet time and drinking coffee, he said they were instructed to paint over the cross, and he was even devastated about it. As he hung up the phone and talked to his wife, whether I knew what he was going to have to take a stand. Well, I don't know if he's going to be successful or not, but he's getting a lot of attention for his Christ Fit Gym business in Bosher City, where the ad may not be in the end zone of Benton High School there in North Louisiana. But I'm sure a lot of people now are giving him plenty of business at his gym for his sponsorship of the local high school, regardless if they don't want a sponsorship or not. In Hepzibah, Georgia, just outside of Augusta, a school there is taking discipline of their students very seriously, and they've reportedly instilled a corporal punishment policy in which parents can consent to having their children hit with a paddle. Now that's good news. Nothing like a good old paddling at school. Just don't take it to the extreme. But yeah, I, I've been paddled, and I'm sure many of you listening, if you're old enough, have been paddled. I can't believe they don't allow paddling in school. It's ridiculous. As long as it's not being abused, it does make a difference. Parents of students in the kindergarten through ninth grade in this charter school in East uh, Georgia, there near South Carolina, received a consent to paddle form which details the corporal punishment which could occur on the student's third offense. So going back retro in Hepzibah, Georgia, home of the Rebels. So if you want to have your child spanked, maybe Georgia is a good place to take him. I, I'm sure they're not the only school that has a, a paddling policy that they're looking into, but I'm pretty sure just about every school now doesn't even 
come close to that kind of punishment. It, they'll, they'll send you to timeout or maybe some kind of detention. But I can tell you right now, I, I still have it in my brain being spanked as an eighth grader in Miss Haygood's class. And she sent myself and about two others to the assistant principal's office for a nice little spankaroo. And I didn't even do anything. I promise you, I'm, I was lily white innocent in that particular case. But she decided since I was a, around there, she wasn't going to play judge. We were all guilty. We all got spanked. And it hurt. But I'm still here today, and it taught me a lesson. And I said, that was in eighth grade. I, I was a good boy for sure for the remainder of my high school career, thanks to Miss Haygood being mean. But, yeah, as long as the teachers and the administrators don't take it to a stream, I see nothing wrong with a little wood on flesh. With Make sure you, of course, keep your pants on. I think aren't some people probably guilty of, of making you pull your pants down when you get spanked? Maybe at home, not at school. Surely not, even back in the old days. But, but uh, the old people used to stuff books or whatever in your broadside, try to limit the damage okay let's get away from paddle talk here on the y'all show i'll tell you what let's take a break we need to take a break after that we'll come back continue our headlines as we look across what's going on in the southland up next we'll tell you about nasa are they going to start putting ads on rockets are, are you out of your out of this is this out of this world we'll tell you about it coming up Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com promo code 4646. Avant.com code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313.
caged up tiger sees a pacing clone. All the night is young and the moon is full. We're back on the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern accent with John Rawl. Glad you could join us here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Coming up, we got a look at political goings-on in the Southland. We've got some news stories, some of which involve President Trump and his decision to come and then cancel Mississippi this week. And he's supposed to also go to the boot hill of Missouri. We'll tell you about that and more here as we continue looking across the headlines here in this segment, though. And, hey, NASA, I guess they're trying to make some money in the NASA administration under President Trump. And this organization, part of our government, the administrator says he's directed the space agency to look at boosting its brand by selling naming rights to rockets and spacecraft and allowing its astronauts to appear in commercials all on cereal boxes as if they were celebrity athletes. Well, there's a first. So NASCAR, take notice. And WNBA, which tackies up their uniforms with ads all over it. You don't even know what WNBA team it is anymore. And now the NBA has logos on their chest as well in the upper corner of the jersey. And now NASA is looking at charging for ads with that organization. I don't know if that's going to fly since that's a governmental agency, but... They could make a lot of money, and you could see some of these heroes of the great unknown, the space, become fixtures on television. Anything to start taking over some of those ads that Peyton Manning's in. The guy was a great quarterback, but he looks like a doofus on commercials. I'm sorry. If you love Peyton Manning, I'm I, I, I'm sorry. He, he He's not a very good ad spokesperson. He looks better with a helmet on. Okay, and most of his commercials, he just looks like a, like I just said, he looks like a doofus. And he's on a lot of commercials, especially now that we're in football season. So anything we can do to limit Peyton Manning, let's give another Tennessee Vol that may be in the space administration an advertising slot. And, and the University of Tennessee actually has a space institute in Manchester, Tennessee, between Nashville and Chattanooga. So, yeah, that's a... That's a school there that's pro-NASA. And that's not far from Huntsville, Manchester, Huntsville, Alabama, where NASA has a very large program there for rockets. That's where most of your propulsion stuff goes on in Huntsville. Of course, NASA also has an imprint on the Mississippi Gulf Coast with the Stennis Space Institute. They are in, of course, Texas with the Lyndon Johnson Space Center there in in and uh texas and of course they launch at cape canaveral at the kennedy space center georgia i don't know what you got i don't think there's anything nasa in the carolinas i could be missing one or two but that's that's my nasa knowledge here on the y'all show so give me a proper salute for for knowing all about nasa i sound halfway educated don't i (laughs) all right We told you on Mondays, y'all, how a mayor in the New Orleans area sent out an order that his department would not be using Nike products anymore, and that was because of 
Colin Kaepernick appearing in Nike commercials. Well, the mayor of Kenner, Mayor Benzon, is now getting a lot of criticism. And on Monday, not only did people in the community come out to protest his decision to get rid of Nike, a couple of New Orleans Saints players showed up at a Unity in Community rally at Susan Park Playground. And those Saints players included Cam Jordan, Craig Robertson, Taryn Armstead, and Chris Banjo, part of this rally against Ben Zahn, mayor of Kenner, Louisiana, and his decision to back off of Nike for usage in the recreation department there in Kenner, Louisiana. Now, I love free speech and I love activism, but if I were the New Orleans Saints coaching staff, I would tell Cam Jordan, Craig Robertson, Taryn Armstead, and Chris Banjo, hey, fellas, instead of going out and protesting what one mayor did in a city near here that most of you probably never heard of until you moved to New Orleans to be a Saints player, why don't you pay a little bit more attention to football? Because we just got our butts handed to us at the Superdome by the lowly Tampa Bay Bucks on Sunday. That's what I would say if I were coaching the New Orleans Saints. But I digress. By the way, Cam Jordan, who's been with the Saints eight years as a defensive end, said, we needed to show up to understand how the people feel about this decision. And he says that he often plays pickup sports at the facilities in Kenner. And a couple of these other guys have connections to Kenner, Louisiana as well. Not happy about the mayor going against Nike. Of course, it doesn't hurt those foursome, the foursome of Saints players that Nike is the official sponsor of the NFL, which in turn is helping them out. Maybe they'll start showing up on Nike commercials for representing Nike there in Kenner, Louisiana. In Kentucky, students at Ballard High School are in the news for the not-so-good reason. At a recent game on the road at Louisville Central High School, the Ballard students We're passing around a watermelon in the stands, and now some people see that as a racially insensitive thing to do, and that act is being investigated. Ballard's student makeup is about 33% black, while their opponent in the game had about a 77% black ratio there at that school in Louisville, Kentucky. So that, from the Commonwealth of Kentucky, someone passing around a watermelon, and that seems to be a racially insensitive thing, according to the principal at Central in Louisville. We told you last week on the Y'all Show about a high school in Memphis, Kirby High School, having to close because of an infestation of rats. Even a snake was spotted at this Memphis area school. Well, now the school will remain closed indefinitely, and the students there are now going to have to be split up and go to three different schools. This is a high school in the Memphis system, in the Shelby County School System in Memphis, Tennessee. So imagine you're you're a senior, and you got all these friends you've been looking forward to your senior year, and now you're being split up because of rats. And yes, Kirby High School, that's happening in Tennessee. And we wish those students the best, and they maybe can all be reunited soon under one roof just with no rats running around no rats with four legs or rats with two legs that we uh we all know who they are 
Monday was World Suicide Day, and we've lost so many great people. Many you may know yourselves, family members, loved ones, people we work with throughout your life. And the suicide rates across the South, just like the rest of the country, seem to be growing. So we wanted to let you know again, Monday was World Suicide Day. Just one snapshot. If you look at Arkansas as an example, there were 621 people who died by suicide in Arkansas in 2017, making it the leading cause of violent death in the natural state in 2017. And this is a continuing problem throughout the country. And an average of over a 1,000 Arkansans call the lifeline there each month for help. As good news, it looks like a lot don't actually commit suicide by calling, but still, way too many people we've lost to suicide. And it is Suicide Prevention Awareness Week right now. And let's keep that in mind. And if you are looking for help, there is help available no matter what state you're in. Please Google and get help. And we don't want to lose you. We love you. And that is our message here on the Y'all Show. We're glad you found us. You, you wouldn't be human if you didn't think about suicide at some point in your life. You don't want it to be a serious thought, but okay, that's just some something natural. But people think, you know, what if I, but stop it. It's not a good choice. It's not the right choice. And the better choice is to get through your problems and, and look back one day where you can say, God, I can't believe, I can't believe I even, that thought even crossed my mind. And, of course, we have a lot of veterans committing suicide, and there's help for veterans out there. Please, please, in this Suicide Prevention Awareness Week, let's let's not have these numbers keep going up. Let's bring them down if we can at all help it. An inmate in Mississippi died five days before she was set to be released. Nicole Rathman went to jail originally back in 2013, and she'd recently built up a relationship with her 12-year-old son, and she was looking forward to getting out and developing her relationship with her grandmother. But unfortunately, she died five days prior to being released. They say it was an aneurysm that caused her death. But sad news. In fact, I think it was 13 people died in custody in Mississippi in the month of August alone. And Rathman, at age 33, was one of those, dying just before she was set to be released. Hey, if you're Jewish, we want to wish you a Happy New Year, as this week Jews across the world celebrate the New Year, and it is the Jewish High Holy Days. It began Sunday night with the eve of Rosh Hashanah, and the observance of Jewish holidays begin at sundown on the eve of the holiday. And in many synagogues, there will be a blowing of a ram's horn or shofar today to signal the new year. And it is 5,779 in the Hebrew calendar. I like the other calendar better where it's only 2018. But it is the Jewish High Holy Days going on right now. The 10 days of all, which conclude with Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year in the Jewish faith, on Wednesday, September 19th. So if you have any... Jewish friends, are you Jewish? We wish you a happy year. A local dealership in Kentucky is donating a car to a man whose car was destroyed after the University of Kentucky Wildcats 
defeated the Florida Gators for the first time in 31 years on Saturday night in the Swamp. The Big M Superstore in Lexington, Kentucky, the general sales manager, Dustin Zurek, says that dealership is donating a car whose car was flipped by UK fans Saturday. I think that was in their kind of festive district in Lexington, Kentucky. They are known for getting a little rowdy, especially for basketball games. But the man had his car flipped over and destroyed. And so this dealership, the Big M Superstore, they're giving this Kentucky fan a UK Blue 2004 Mazda 3. I don't know what he had before, but you got to be happy if you're this Kentucky fan who had his car demolished by some rowdy Kentucky Wildcat fans after they got that big win over the Florida Gators on Saturday night. Frederick Douglass, let's talk a little history here. He was born 200 years ago this year on the eastern shore of Maryland, and I didn't know this. He got his freedom when he was 18 years old by pretending to be a black sailor from, I think, Africa or somewhere like that. He got on a train and simply rode the train to freedom in New York City. And that's how he got away from slavery in the South, was to pretend to be a sailor. And it worked. And he ended up getting his wife, I think, to to come north at some point. Frederick Douglass. This week in Baltimore, that occasion was remembered. It's his 200th anniversary of being born. But that act that he did where he went north on a train was reenacted at the Baltimore Penn Station over the weekend. And an actor portrayed Douglas, and National Park Service Rangers were on hand to commemorate the ride where he went to freedom. Not in the Underground Railroad, but on a real railroad. I think that kind of preceded the Underground Railroad. And he went to freedom, and the rest is history. Frederick Douglass, born 200 years ago this year in Maryland as a slave, then went to freedom, and was a major impact on civil rights, really the first civil rights leader, I guess, uh, if you think about it, between he and Harriet Tubman, certainly the the forefathers and foremothers of the civil rights movement. Hey, were you a fan of the series One Tree Hill? Well, the doors of a One Tree Hill landmark are finally reopening for a special charity event in Wilmington, North Carolina. And that is assuming the folks in Wilmington get through this hurricane okay and things are on on track to be normal. A brick warehouse at 1121 South Front Street in Wilmington is sort of a mecca for fans of One Tree Hill because that was where the set of the Trick Nightclub was and this concert venue on the CW's drama series that was filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina. And that series went on a long time and that place is being reopened and fans can come check it out in this event going on. The elusive Tree Hill filming location for years, but this nonprofit is looking to bring it back to life in Wilmington, North Carolina, in a charity gala. And Sophia Bush is set to reopen this landmark in Wilmington. I don't have the date on that, and I'm sure that's going to be affected by the hurricane this week, but good news there if you're a fan of One Tree Hill. Now, here is the really good news if you're a fan of Smokey and the Bandit and the great Burt Reynolds that we lost last week. 
This may be happening in other parts of the South, but I can tell you for a fact, in Alabama, they got their act together when it comes to movie theaters. AMC Theaters is honoring Burt Reynolds, who died last week at the age of 82, by bringing his 1977 box office smash Smokey and the Bandit to 240 theaters across Alabama from September 12th until the 20th. So roughly from tomorrow uh, for a week, this movie will be playing at AMC Theaters. And I'm going to list off a few of the cities where this will be playing at AMC Theaters. Birmingham, the AMC Classic at Lorna Ridge and Lee Branch, as well as AMC Summit 16 in Birmingham. It'll be in Coleman, Decatur, the AMC Theater in Huntsville, up in North Alabama at the AMC Classic Florence 12. It'll be in the Wiregrass in Dothan at the AMC Classic Dothan and the state capital of Montgomery at the AMC Festival Plaza 16. And in South Alabama, on the beach, you can check out Smokey and the Bandit on the big screen at the AMC Classic War 15 in Orange Beach. So how about that? Smokey and the Bandit for a week in theaters. If you missed it back in 77 on the big screen, well, now you have your chance to see it as Burt Reynolds, Jerry Reed, and more Sally Field will be big time on the screen. And I think they're going to make a lot of money off this thing, frankly. Even if Burt Reynolds hadn't died, I love seeing this kind of creativity and bringing a classic movie like this to the big screen for a couple of generations that weren't even alive in 77 when this thing was out. I was barely alive, and I don't even know if I saw it. And if I did, it's been so long, I, I want to see it again. So I'm going to find one of these Alabama theaters closest to me and sneak across that Alabama line and bring me some Coors maybe into the theater. Just kidding. Not going to do that. And see Smokey and the Bandit and get a good laugh at Jackie Gleason. There we go. Good news. Thanks, AMC. And if you're a movie theater somewhere else in the South, hey, catch a clue. Do exactly what they're doing. Bring Smokey and the Bandit to the big screen. We need to start a hashtag movement for that. All right, when we come back, we're going to start a political movement here on the show. We're going to tell you about some political goings-on in the Southland. That's coming up in our Y'all Politics Talk ahead on the Y'all Show with your host, John Rowe. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Charlie 
holding hands with nobody else around. And we're back on the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. Thank you for tuning us in as we talk all things Southern. And we now put our political hat here on the program on. And glad you could tune us in to hear what's going on in the region, politically speaking. And we start in Louisiana, where there's a civil war of sorts going on in the Pelican State between the governor, John Bell Edwards, and his Republican Attorney General, Jeff Landry. And the governor is slamming the Attorney General for joining a lawsuit aimed at throwing out the federal health overhaul, including protections for people with pre-existing medical conditions. And this attorney general decided to join an Obamacare suit coming out of Texas. The Democratic Governor Edwards called the Republican Attorney General Landry's decision to back the Texas-based lawsuit deeply disturbing, and he says the lawsuit threatens health coverage for 849,000 people in Louisiana, who are estimated to have pre-existing health conditions. 20 states where the Republican leaders brought the lawsuit, and the lawsuit argues the Affordable Care Act was rendered unconstitutional after Congress repealed the individual mandate that required most Americans to buy insurance or risk a penalty. Landry is considered a possible challenger to Governor Edwards in the 2019 governor's race in Louisiana and has long opposed former President Barack Obama's health care law as a federal overreach. In Virginia, election systems officials there say that the state's election systems have a number of problems, including an unreliable IT system and a leadership structure susceptible to undue political influence. A Joint Legislative Audit and Review Commission issued a report yesterday saying it found no large-scale voter fraud in the Commonwealth, but several areas of of possible improvement. Now, Virginia is in the news for this, having problems in their election system. I just saw a report on CNN last night where in Habersham County, Georgia, a state representative's race on the Republican side, it was a primary in Georgia, in Habersham County in North Georgia, Cornelia is one of the towns in that county, and it was by pure accident that the incumbent was talking to someone the day after he lost a close election and someone he knew said, look, I would have voted for you, but you weren't on the ballot. And he's like, say what? (laughs) And sure enough, this incumbent in a Republican primary, his name was not on the ballot in certain portions of his district. And he's pushing for another vote, even though he's already conceded the election. And that's in a Republican primary that he was left off the ballot. So this is, I don't know if it was intentional or what's going on, but there is, when you deal with elections and you deal with human beings, there's always that possibility of some screw-ups. And in Habersham County, Georgia, that seems to be the case. And I don't know what's going to happen. He's, I think, brought a lawsuit in Habersham County against the local officials. Now, the person responsible for elections from a statewide level, well, he's the one running for the Republican governor in Georgia right now. So his he's kind of tied up with that as Stacey Abrams, his Democratic challenger for that seat for Georgia governor, is giving him a lot, a lot of trouble. In fact, it's going to be a real race in Georgia where Stacey Abrams has the chance to become the first black female governor in U.S. history. 
And then in Florida, it's going to be an uphill climb, it looks like, for the Republicans to maintain control of the governor's seat in the Sunshine State. Now, speaking of that governor's seat in the Sunshine State, to help calm things down and to help focus on it, Congressman Ron DeSantis, who's the nominee for the Republicans in Florida for governor, he resigned from Congress yesterday, and it was an immediate resignation. He sent a letter to Paul Ryan announcing his resignation, and now this Jacksonville area Republican is going to focus purely on the governor's race. And he said it would be inappropriate to accept a salary while he's running for governor of Florida. He probably should have said that anyway. I will give people credit, like in Tennessee, there was a congresswoman who ran for governor there, and she had already announced she wasn't going to run for Congress as she decided to run for the Republican seat for governor, Diane Black. And Diane Black lost the Republican primary, and so she doesn't have any job come January. But for now, she's still a congresswoman representing her district in Middle Tennessee. But she put her chips on the table, and she lost in the Republican primary in Tennessee. And DeSantis now is out of Congress, and he's now running against Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gillum for the governor of Florida as he won the nominee for the Republican side. And Gillum upset a bunch of rich Democratic nominees in the August 28th primary, and now it's a close race in Florida. Donald Trump, we told you on Monday he was heading to Mississippi on Friday for a big rally in Jackson. Well, he canceled on Monday this rally in the state capital of Mississippi. And the reason was because of Hurricane Florence approaching the southeastern U.S. later in the week. That was the decision made. I frankly think it was a brilliant move because he was there to go help support Cindy Hyde-Smith and her effort to become elected for a full term as senator. She's currently an interim senator appointed by Phil Bryant to fill the seat of Thad Cochran. But if you know anything about Republican politics in Mississippi right now, Chris McDaniel is likely going to win most of the Republican vote. And he's the more conservative person running. And maybe, just maybe, Trump didn't want to be embarrassed by being there to support a candidate when there's a large number of people in the crowd who love Trump but just didn't love his choice of Cindy Hyde-Smith as senator for Mississippi. They were more of the Chris McDaniel ilk. And that could be part of the reason for the decision to cancel in Jackson. Now, he is still scheduled as of now to go to Cape Girardeau on Thursday of this week. He's going to go to the Boot Hill of Missouri to campaign there. And the rally will take place on the campus of Southeast Missouri State in Cape Girardeau. And the time change was changed for that rally, who moved it up an hour from 7 to 6 on Thursday at this event at the Show Me Center. And the doors will open there at 3 instead of 4, as originally scheduled. But he'll be in Missouri campaigning for local politicians running in Missouri, which, again, a southern state, a border state, but they have some close races going on in the Show Me State this year. Of course, Cape Girardeau right on the Mississippi River bordering Illinois, so you'll have some spillover from Illinois coming to see the rally for Donald Trump in a very conservative part of Illinois right there across from Cape Girardeau. And finally, well, the vice president, he's getting in on the 
activity of politics these days. And he's coming to Knoxville, Tennessee on September 21st to headline a Tennessee fundraiser for Republican U.S. Congresswoman Marsha Blackburn as she's running for U.S. Senate in the Volunteer State. And this will be a $1,000 per person fundraiser in Knoxville, $5,400 for a couple. So I believe on that night, if I wanted to go on the cheap, I believe even if I were a couple, I would tell my wife, hey, tonight, I don't know you. We're going to save money. We're going to save $3,400, and we'll just go as individuals at this fundraiser. Uh, so if you want to get a photo, by the way, as a couple and a round table with the vice president, that'll cost you only $25,000 at this fundraiser in East Tennessee. But Pence coming to Tennessee on September 21st to support Marsha Blackburn, a real fighter for Trump during his campaign. So I'll give her credit. She was on the Trump train early, and now you'll see Pence come, and I bet you the president will be in Tennessee very soon to campaign for Marsha Blackburn in her effort to become senator in her race against Phil Bredesen in the volunteer state. And that's what's going on in Southern politics, a little glimpse of all things politics here on the Y'all Show. Well, that will put a wrap on hour one of the program. In hour two, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue will be stopping by with a report. But up next, it's Sportsland. Yeah, we'll glance around college football. We'll glance around professional football. We'll have all of the action going on on both small college and some of our mid-major college football activities going on from this past weekend and what's coming up. That's all ahead on the Y'all Show with General John Rawls. It's the Y'all Show, back with you for Hour 2 of the All Southern Show with your host, John Rawl. Our number, if you want to text us, our number is 803-816-1170. Operators standing by to get your feedback, your comments. And we appreciate the comments that are coming in. And I'm going to get to one of those comments in just a second. We got on Monday. Yes, we love our feedback here on the Y'all Show. And we'll share that momentarily. We've got the Barrister of Bodacious Barbecue set to come up in just a bit. Can't wait to see what kind of yummy suggestions he's got for grilling. And what kind of yummy suggestions he's got for us to go on a caravan of Q. And where are we going to go this week with the Barrister Matt Hermans? And just a little bit. And that exciting report comes our way each and every week. And, you know, grilling and barbecue... Well, it goes with football, and we're going to start our sports land yap this week talking some football, and the NFLers were up and going Monday night football last night, and in the first game of a doubleheader, the New York Jets dominated the Detroit Lions 48-17 to and a game played at Ford Field in Detroit, and Sam Darnold, the former USC Trojan, looked mighty good at quarterback for New York. New York looked very good on all aspects, offensively, defensively, and a special salute to my fellow Citadel man, Andre Roberts, the former Bulldog, getting a punt return for a touchdown in the second half, and he had another long punt return also in the game. Andre, you need to cut your hair and look more like a cadet than what you got now, but if that long hair 
and you, and you look like your buddy Larry Fitzgerald from the Cardinals. Those two played together for a number of years. They're the best of buds off the field. They play golf all the time. They're both scratch golfers. If that makes you get more touchdowns having the Larry Fitzgerald look, then I guess you could keep it. You're a man. You are certainly a Citadel man, too. But, yes, the Jets get a big win, 48-17. And then in the late-night game Monday night, the L.A. Rams roared in the second half and took a 33-13 win in Oakland against the Raiders. And that was a big win for the Rams, who some are predicting they could go to the Super Bowl in 2018. It was a bad loss for John Gruden in his return as the head coach of the Raiders and his return to coaching football. And he ended up being, I think, the sixth of all first-year coaches back. Now, he's not a first-year coach throughout his career, but first year with a program in the NFL. He, by losing to the Rams, meant that every first-year coach this year lost their game in week one. That's pretty bad. What are the odds on that? And the Raiders lose at home, 33-13. Now, I've got to give props to the NFL. They've come under fire for the National Anthem thing. We only saw, to my knowledge and what I've seen reporting-wise, we saw a couple of knuckleheads for the Dolphins protest when the Dolphins played the Titans on Sunday. And then Marshawn Lynch of the Raiders sat down during the National Anthem. Now, he has never stated why he sits down. He did it all last year, and he did it Monday night in the game at Oakland, sat down during the National Anthem. I don't know what his reasoning is, but he sits down. You probably could figure out why he does it, but Mr. Lynch has not publicly said why. Well, he sat down, then he ended up scoring a touchdown. I believe I would have just kept him sitting down the whole game if I were Mark Davis, owner of the Raiders, but... It's not my team, not my call. Now, I'm not going to pick on the NFL too much because if you only have three or four players in the entire league protesting, it's not really a story. And I think the NFL and and even the president need to move beyond this one. And as long as it's this few players, I think they can move on behind it. And the 90, I mean, according to the numbers here, 99% 99% of the NFL players stood at attention and saluted the country in the playing of the National Anthem before the game. And if 99% of the players gladly went out there and supported their country and and showed the red, white, and blue, it's not a story anymore to me. And most people it's not. It's back to football, which that's what the NFL needs and wants anyway. And frankly... It's as Trump can claim victory because I thought this might get even more out of hand in week one with all the drama leading up to this. It would not have surprised me if you had seen dozens of NFL players protesting in week one, but only you can't even put them on one hand. The number of players it looks like that protested in week one. That's a good thing. And I'm tired of talking about it. So hopefully this will continue to die and we'll go down and down each week. And it'll be all about the country. And it'll be all about football. It's not good news for Tennessee Titans tight end Delaney Walker as he's out for the season with a broken ankle and ligament damage. I saw this play. 
in the Titans. Rain delayed, lightning delayed game. It was a four-hour delay in South Florida when they played the Dolphins on Sunday. And Delaney Walker is out and not expected to play for the remainder of the year. And the Titans ended up placing Walker on injured reserve yesterday, but did not disclose the nature of his injury. The Nashville-based club ended up signing tight end Michael Pruitt off the Houston Texans practice squad in a corresponding move. But this leg injury, as it's being described by Titans coach Mike Vrabel, causing some roster moves for the Titans. And they lost that game to the Dolphins, a game where they also lost Marcus Mariota, maybe not permanently, but he had to leave the game with an elbow injury, I think it was. A very tough first game for the Tennessee Titans of the ASC on Sunday when they started their season. Now to college football, we've been talking in the first hour about Hurricane Florence and its impact on some college games. Some have already been canceled, moved. Many more, I'm sure, will happen today, tomorrow. I didn't realize this happened. Last week in the Mid-South, there was a game scheduled between Tennessee State and Jackson State at the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. This is a Southern Heritage Classic game played every year. Scores of people come, usually 20,000, 30,000 fans at least show up for this game at the Liberty Bowl for these two FCS programs, one from the SWAC and one from the OVC. Well, they had issues with the weather last weekend in Memphis, and yesterday it was announced by both schools that this game, unfortunately, has been canceled. There will not be a Southern Heritage Classic in 2018 because of Mother Nature. The schedules for the two schools, both the Tigers of Tennessee State and the Tigers of Jackson State, they just couldn't figure it out, and there will not be a Southern Heritage Classic game played in 2018. So if you're fans of these two programs, unfortunately, not going to have a game this year. Shea Patterson, remember him? Former Ole Miss football quarterback, left the program, went to Michigan and didn't do very well in his first weekend with the Wolverines when they played Notre Dame. They did get a victory in week two. Well, his little brother has now committed to Big Blue. And Nick Patterson, who is a 2020 tight end prospect out of San Antonio, Texas, committed to Michigan over the weekend and will follow Big Brother to Michigan. The younger Patterson is a six foot three, 215-pounder from San Antonio Christian in Texas. His other offers included Dartmouth, Florida Atlantic, and Memphis. Now, Dartmouth surprises me because they don't offer scholarships, for football at least, for sports, at Ivy League schools. So I don't know what that's all about. Maybe he got an academic scholarship at, for the Mean Green and could have gone there and played. But he's going to follow his older brother to Michigan. However, I think by the year 2020, Shea Patterson's eligibility will be up and he'll no longer be in Ann Arbor. And he may not be in Ann Arbor after this year if he played like he did against Notre Dame in week one. Now, looking at the standings of college football, briefly kind of recapping where we are after two weeks of gridiron action. No changes of note in the AAC. However, you got to give love to the Navy midshipmen. They had a big win over the Memphis Tigers. A comeback for the midshipmen at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. And now they move to 1-0 on the west side of the AAC as a result 
of beating a very good Memphis team, a team that played for the conference championship in 2018. So a nice win for Coach Niamatola there in Annapolis, Maryland. ACC action still, other than that one game between Virginia Tech and Florida State in week one, there were no games last week. You still see teams out there that are undefeated like Boston College, NC State still undefeated. Even Syracuse has not yet lost after two weeks of football. But my take on a team to watch in this conference is the Duke Blue Devils. They have done really good this year by beating Army and then Northwestern in a big win last week. And now Duke packs their suitcase again, and they're going to Waco. They've got a game against the Baylor Bears of the Big 12 this weekend. So Duke had a chance to move to 3-0 and with possible wins in back-to-back weeks against fellow Power 5 programs from the Big 10 and the Big 12. Way to go, Coach Cutcliffe. In the Big 12, the Baylor Bears go into this game at 2-0, and and they join Oklahoma and TCU, as well as Oklahoma State and the Mountaineers of West Virginia as the only Big 12 teams to not have a loss on the schedule. I will give Kansas a little love. We gave them grief on last week's show for losing to Nickel State in week one. They lost to an FCS program. Well, the Kansas Jayhawks hadn't won a road game in like 46 efforts, and they ended that drought last weekend at Central Michigan, and they snapped a 46-game road skid with a big win, 31-7 over the Chippewas last week on the road. So Kansas... Perhaps they need to switch over and play in the MAC because they dominated Central Michigan on the road and ended an ugly 46. What a strange day. Kentucky beats Florida for the first time in 31 years. And then the Jayhawks, another basketball school that loves the blue, they go on the road and get their first road win in 46 times. That's kind of ironic. Now looking at other Southern football action and other Southern conferences, the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs and the North Texas Mean Green are 2-0 in the Conference USA Western Division. The Marshall Thundering Herd are the only undefeated team on the east side. Now, Marshall is scheduled to play the South Carolina Gamecocks in Columbia this weekend. Now, I think that game's going to be affected if it hasn't already, so watch out for that one. That one could be delayed, could even be canceled, and Marshall and the Gamecocks may not be able to, to get together on the gridiron after all, but that one could be an interesting game as the Gamecocks need to bounce back after an embarrassing home loss to the Georgia Bulldogs this past weekend. Now in the SEC, of course, Georgia did look so impressive. They're number three in the country. We'll have our big SEC spotlight on Thursday. Those big blue Wildcats, they're sitting right there at 2-0 as well. Even Vanderbilt is 2-0. How about the Vanderbilt Commodores and Missouri and Kentucky all being undefeated and all have pretty darn good wins thus far after two weeks. Vanderbilt had a good win over Nevada, and they won against MTSU in week one. Missouri had a big win. I didn't think they would even win the game against Wyoming. They won pretty easily against Wyo in Columbia this past weekend, and then Kentucky going to the Swamp and getting a nice win. On the SEC West side of things, I think the team to look out for, Mississippi State, they look very impressive going to K-State and winning Nick Fitzgerald under center for the Dogs again. This weekend, Auburn and LSU get together on the Plains. That'll be a big game. And then Ole Miss, the Black Bear Rebel Landsharks, 
They host Alabama this weekend, and Ole Miss currently at 2-0. After a, a near loss to Southern Illinois this past weekend, the score was certainly not as close as it looked like. Ole Miss scored nearly 80 points when it was all said and done. They were losing this game in most of the game to Southern Illinois, but they found a way to get some pick sixes and other turnovers and, and blew them out when the final score was amassed. Sunbelt Conference, Georgia Southern's 2-0. That's a remarkably good improvement for this Statesboro-based football team. And the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe are 2-0. They got a big win over Southern Miss this past weekend. They went on the road and beat a Conference USA team in Hattiesburg. And I've got to give Louisiana Monroe some love here. Of course, they used to be the Northeast Louisiana Indians. And then they, they were changed their first name to Louisiana Monroe, and they still were the Louisiana Monroe Indians. Well, now they're the stupid name of Warhawks because of the NCAA's idiotic rules. But this year, they've changed their logo, and their Warhawk, their main logo now for the Warhawks looks like the old Indian head logo. They found a way to turn a Warhawk into a kind of an Indian-looking logo, and if you haven't seen it, check it out. I love it. It's on their helmets, even. And a brilliant move. A brilliant move. They don't have such a cartoon-looking look to them now. And they look like they did in the old days. It's kind of a way to jab the NCAA, even though it's not an Indian on the side. It's, it's, a, it's still a bird, but it's done in a way that the design is almost identical to the way it looked when they were the Louisiana Monroe Indians. Pretty creative. I don't know who did that. They deserve a big old pat on the butt for all of that creativity going on in northeast Louisiana. Oh, oh I can't say that. Oh, no, 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 no. Not northeast Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana Monroe. Yeah, that's, that's, that's more like it. Now, let's look at some small college football. The FCS ranks of college football. We love to give those fellows some love from time to time. As I mentioned earlier in the show, the Campbell Fighting Campbells may be, they, they are actually hosting a, a school from the FBS this weekend. Coastal Carolina's having to move their game that they were supposed to have against the Fighting Camels in Conway, South Carolina. And Campbell, which has only been playing football now for two, three years perhaps, they're hosting Coastal Carolina at Campbell on Wednesday, tomorrow. And this is going to be a very strange game. It's going to be played, I think kickoff time is now set for 11 a.m. on a Wednesday, and it's free admission. But they're trying to get that game knocked out and get Coastal away from the coast and at least inland in North Carolina instead of South Carolina's coast. They go to Bowie's Creek for this game in the Big South Conference versus the Sunbelt Conference of this week. In the CAA, as far as Southern teams go, James Madison did lose to NC State, and I thought that was a game they could possibly win, but they did lose. So they're 1-1. One one. The Richmond Spiders are also 1-1 one one after they lost to UVA, but still some of the Yankee teams are undefeated in the CAA at this point. In FCS independent action, the North Alabama Lions, they've just moved up from Division II to FCS this year, and this team based in Florence, Alabama, 2-0 and right now on the FCS bracket. So good job there by the North Alabama Lions. Now to the MEAC, the A&T Aggies from North Carolina. They are doing great. 3-0, and they already knocked off East Carolina, and then East Carolina went and beat the crap out of North Carolina. 
So the North Carolina A&T Aggies are better than the North Carolina Tar Heels. How about that? Well, it's true. If you want to do that equation, they are better based on the team they beat that beat the team that's the flagship university in the state of North Carolina. So congrats to the A&T Aggies leading the MEAC at this point. And looking at the OVC, Austin P, which got demolished when they played the Georgia Bulldogs, they're 1-1 one one overall. And no other conference action has happened in the OVC as of now. I was still kind of shocked that Jacksonville State lost in their week one game against those North Carolina A&T Aggies. And Jacksonville State sits at 1-1 one one right now in the OVC. And then looking at the Southern Conference, the Wofford Terriers, well, their tour of playing military schools is over. They beat the Citadel in week one. They followed that up with a big win over VMI in week two. And now this week, Wofford will likely get a loss on the schedule as they travel to play the Wyoming Cowboys here this week. So Wofford and Wyoming, the two W's going after it in Wyoming this weekend. The Chattanooga Mocs are 2-0. Big win over the Citadel this past weekend in overtime. Chattanooga scored a tying touchdown in overtime. And instead of kicking an extra point and going to a second overtime, they were on the road. And at Johnson Hagen Stadium in Charleston, they decided, hey, we're the road team. We're going to go for two. And they did a brilliant play, caught a reserve, I think third string player in the corner of the end zone, wide open on a trick play. And Chattanooga beats the Military College of South Carolina in Southern Conference action. And they're 2-0 and right now in the SOCON. And in the Southland Conference, the Cowboys at McNeese State are 2-0. and uh, Still no loss for them on the season. And then Sam Houston State, which has been a perennial power in FCS football, they have not lost. They've only played one game thus far in Huntsville, Texas. And finally, let me also throw out there the SWAC. You've got Alabama A&M leading the conference so far on the east side with a one-and-one mark. All teams on the east side, all teams in the conference have lost at least one game to date. So not good so far after two weeks if you're a SWAC football fan. And then it didn't help that Jackson State didn't even play a game against Tennessee State at that Southern Heritage Classic that we referenced earlier. And that's a look at football action right now throughout the Southland and getting ready for week three this weekend. Now to college basketball, Rick Patino, former Kentucky Wildcats, NBA, and then Louisville head basketball coach. He says he's done coaching, and he's written a book called Patino, My Story, where he's saying that its career as far as coaching is officially over. Rick Patino hanging it up. Now Rick Barnes, another Rick in college basketball, the Tennessee Vols head coach was the SEC Coach of the Year in 2017-2018, and the University of Tennessee has rewarded his great effort, and they've extended his contract through the 2023-2024 season, and he's going to make a lot more money coaching the Big Orange in basketball. So congratulations to Rick Barnes, a journeyman. He's been the head basketball coach, I know, at Clemson, at Texas, and now for the Tennessee Vols. And he's being rewarded for the Vols' great season in 2017-18. And getting ready to tip off in two months now, we'll have college basketball up and going. Congratulations to Keegan Bradley. He beat Justin Rose in a playoff on Monday. A playoff that happened on Monday because they were rained out on Sunday at the latest playoff of the PGA Championship. And now 
They moved to the final PGA Tour event of the year at East Lake in Atlanta. Not this weekend, but the fi- next weekend after that, you'll have the PGA Tour Championship just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And that will give you the, your $10 million winner when that's all said and done. But Keegan Bradley winning for only the fourth time on tour. Here's a guy who won a PGA Championship many years ago, but really hasn't been winning and really kind of been off the radar, so to speak. But he gets the big win, and that jumps him way up in the standings of the FedEx Cup. Now, here is your final 30 players going to Eastlake for the PGA Tour Championship in two weeks. First off, Bryson DeChambeau is number one. Remember, Bryson won the first two events of the playoff, so he's got a big lead heading into Eastlake. And I'm going to rattle through everybody else from 1 to 30. Only your top 30 players make it to Eastlake for the final event. So DeChambeau at 1, Justin Rose 2, Tony Finau 3, Dustin Johnson at 4, Justin Thomas at 5, Bradley, who just won this past week, he's at 6, Brooks Kepka, the U.S. Open winner, and PGA Tour, rather PGA Championship winner, two-time major winner this year. He's at 7, and you've got him followed up by Bubba Watson at 8, Billy Horschel's at 9, Cameron Smith is 10th, Webb Simpson from North Carolina is at 11, Jason Day, he's at 12, Francesco Molinari is 13th, Phil Mickelson comes in at number 14, Patrick Reed, the Masters winner this year, he's at number 15, Patrick Cantlay is 16, Rory McIlroy is at 17, Xander Shoffley is 18, Tommy Fleetwood from England is number 19, Tiger Woods comes in at number 20, Aaron Wise 21, Kevin Noss 22, Ricky Fowler makes it, he's at number 23, Spaniard John Rahm is 24th, Kyle Stanley is 25th, Paul Casey's 26th, Hideki Matsuyama is 27th, you got Gary Woodland at 28, Mark Leachman is at 29, and finally, former Auburn golfer Patton Kazir is at 30. Those top 30 players move on to the Tour Championship at Eastlake in two weeks. Notably, Jordan Spieth just missed out. He will not be in the Tour Championship this year. He comes in at number 31, and there's a lot of other players you've heard of also not making it to Atlanta in two weeks. But that is a look at golf, and that's a look at what's going on as the FedEx Cup winds down with the Tour Championship in two weeks. And then that winner, the person that walks away from Eastlake with the overall Tour Championship, gets a $10 million prize. Not a bad payday. (laughs) Well, when we come back, we'll have a good payday here on the show. You'll be rewarded, maybe not with money, but with lots of good Q talk. As the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hermans will be our special guest. Hang on. The Y'all Show will continue. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. 
<sighs> Moving expenses? <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. A it's the Y'all Show. Talk with a southern accent with your host, John Rawl. And we are glad to have you back on this show that talks a little news, a little opinion, as we've talked about a lot on this week's episodes of Y'all. A lot of weather. And we certainly wish all our friends on the Atlantic coast all the best as Hurricane Florence heads your way. And, of course, Gulf Coast. You're not out of the woods yet. We've got a couple of storms possibly brewing, and, you know, it's September, October. Those, there's going to be something pops up, hopefully on a very, very minor scale. We've got our south in mind. It's just the way of life here in Dixie when it comes to the September and October months and tropical storms and hurricanes and such. We talk sports on the Y'all Show, and we want your feedback on the Y'all Show. And I actually went to the Y'all Inbox leading into this segment with the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. And we had a comment come in on Monday, and the comment says, Delta State mascot is the fighting okra. Did you know that? Well, I did know that, and I appreciate the feedback coming from our text line, which is 803-816-1170. Delta State University in Cleveland, Mississippi. Yes, they are the fighting okra, but officially... They are the statesmen, the Delta State statesmen. They play at the NCAA Division II level at foot, in football, and they've been pretty good in that division throughout history. They haven't been as good lately, but, yeah, they actually have a costumed okra, a fighting okra mascot, but they, they kind of have a weird deal going on with their mascots there. They, they don't want to officially be known as the fighting okra, although most people call them the fighting okra. Well, we're not going to talk about fighting okra now. We're going to be talking about fighting barbecue as we have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Mr. Matt Hermans, on with us now to talk Q, grilling, and more. And I'm sure you've heard of Delta State and the fighting okra before. I sure have. I oh. sure have. What do you think of okra? I love okra. Okay. I like it. Uh, I like it fried. I like it in gumbo. In fact, I 
I miss it if it's not in gumbo. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm I'm a uh, okra, certainly fried okra lover. I could deal without it uh, when it's not fried. I guess it's just poached. Is that the term? I don't know. It's just kind of boiled. Uh, what about the okra and tomato stew? You ever had that? That's, that's yeah. When, pretty... when it's all slimy and all that, that's not yeah. really my favorite. <laughs> yeah, but give me yeah. some give, give me give me some good okra, or as we like to say, when you're really southern, okra. Give me some good okra, and we are we're we're good to go, sir. Yeah, I hear that. I love it. I love it. Well, Matt on ESPN, Scott Van Pelt has Stanford Steve. You may have seen that before. I Stanford Steve. I don't watch his show quite a bit. I know uh, it comes on late at night, so maybe you're sleeping, getting a good night for us. I might be. But Stanford Steve is kind of Scott Van Pelt's uh, sidekick on ESPN. Well, here on the Y'all Show, you're the barrister. But you're our Big Ten guy, so I'm going to call you the Big Ten barrister. So before uh, Big Big Ten, listen to me, Big Twelve. <laughs> See, I'm getting. I, like, I get, thought, man, you, you got the wrong guy. Yeah, wrong well, guy. It, honestly, it's confusing. It's got to be confusing for people who even love the Big Twelve because you got the Big Twelve, you got the Big Ten, and at one time you had the Big Eight. And how about Colorado going into Nebraska this week and getting a a win against their old Big mm-hmm. Eight rival? But yeah, now, let, big book, right. let me get my numbers right. Big 12, even though you don't have 12 members now, right? Don't you have 10 members in the Big 10, correct, correct. Okay. So, so that's where my mind was going. And, and yeah, you, get, the, you got me yeah, screwed up talking 10, about okra, too. Absolutely. And the Big 10, of course, has more than 10. So, yeah, it, uh, it can certainly get you. All right. Get you around. Before we talk, Q, give me a Big, big 12 blast. How, how are we looking? Well... Uh, I kind of I think we talked about it before, and I think I said Big 12 is essentially kind of a mystery this year. I'll tell you what, what we what we're starting to figure out is that Kyler Murray at Oklahoma is pretty good. Uh, Oklahoma is uh, looks to be the best team in the conference after two weeks. Uh, West Virginia is right up there; they look pretty good as well. Um, after that, again, we don't know anything. Uh, Texas has been uh, very disappointing, and then of course Texas Tech got beat pretty badly by Ole Miss. Which has pretty, pretty, pretty powerful offense. We're coming to terms with that as well. But uh, yeah, so after Oklahoma and West Virginia, I think it's going to take four or five games to figure out who is where. But those are the top two. Those are the elite two teams. Oklahoma State is still a question mark. They could end up being uh, somewhere around there too. But West Virginia and Oklahoma—that's the two powers in the Big Twelve. Now the Cowboys, I do believe, have Boise State coming in this week. Yes, that's going to be a test. Boise's looked real good. Yeah, and Texas narrowly escaped with a win over Tulsa this past weekend. So the Horns yeah. already upset about losing to Maryland. They nearly lost to a team that they should have destroyed in Tulsa. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, they just paid Tom Herman a ton of money. I think he's a great coach, and I still think he's going to turn it around. But Texas is one of those programs that feels like it should be in the national championship game every year, <laughs> even though – even though those appearances have been, have been few and far between, they still believe they should be in the playoff at least every year. And if not, they're going to be very upset. Yeah. Well, they might want to get Mac Brown back on the 40 acres if that's the case. <laughs> they they kind of ran him out of there, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't good enough. That one national championship that didn't cut it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been a slim picking since then. Yeah. All right, let's talk some grilling before we get to your spotlight. We're going to hold the barbecue sauce on where that's going to be this week. But all right, all right. we're into September. 
And honestly, Matt, I don't know if you've broken out a jacket yet, but I had to actually pull a jacket out out of storage last night. I got a, got a little cool. So what does that mean when it comes to grilling? Mm-hmm. What 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 is the change of temperature? How does that relate to grilling? First of all, I am uh, I'm jealous uh, okay. that you've had to break out a jacket. It wasn't, it wasn't a very thick jacket, I will say. It was just mm-hmm. a light windbreaker. But, yeah, it got into the 50s here in parts Ooh. of the south where i where i have been and i'm i bet you it's gotten a little cooler where you are come on yeah mid 80s oh, okay still dealing with that humidity but uh it'll it'll come it's going to come at some point so yeah uh well i'll tell you what uh, there's nothing better than um in my opinion working the grill or man in the barbecue pit whenever it's you know feels like the real fall you know, sixties and fifties like that. You got to, but, but you're right. You do have to adjust some things. So, uh, anytime you grill, anytime, especially if you're smoking, um, low and slow, uh, doing barbecue, uh, you always have to be aware of, of what your temperature is outside because you're nothing between the inside of your smoker, your grill, but, uh, a piece of metal or porcelain coated metal or, um, anything else. So a 30, a 30 degree, if you've been cooking, for instance, you've been cooking over the summer uh, and you, you're cooking at 225 or 250 on your pit and you got that pretty well laid out. How much coal, how much wood you need, where you want the vents, uh, in your, in your pit. Then when that temperature starts to hit 50 or 60, uh, that's going to affect the internal temperature of the smoker as well so you're going to have to add more fuel to keep it you're also going to have to burn more fuel when it's cooler um especially if it's down in the 50s like you were just talking earlier you're going to have to burn a lot more fuel uh you're gonna have to keep those vents more open and you you can't you're not gonna be able to leave it alone for as long because it's going to take quite a bit to keep that temperature up because you're fighting that 30 degree you know 35 degree temperature drop along with some wind that will typically happen if it gets cool and brisk over the fall so the main issue is just knowing that you're going to have to adjust the the cook time uh, on your pit and you're also going to have to uh, adjust that on a grill it's just not going to be as hot if the temperature is lower Uh, so if you don't go into the game kind of realizing that you may undercook things you may be in in a point where you you need to spend longer than you'd like and people are hungry that's that's pretty much the the main deal there yeah all right well matt you have just proven what I was hoping you would not prove that barbecue is hard <laughs> and there's a lot of variables and you kind of got to be smart in the way you do it. It's not like you just, no matter what time of day or time of year, you just go out there and fire up the, the smoker and be done with it. It is, it's, it's a hard thing. That's why I'm friends with you. I'll let you do the cooking and I'll do the eating. How does that sound? <laughs> I love it. That's what I like to do. All right. We're going to take a break on the show. When we come back, we'll continue talking with the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. We've got a southern state to spotlight and where Matt Hearman says we ought to try out if we can get there. If you're not there already, this is the Y'all Show. We'll be right back. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I've never felt more alive. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will feel more alive. You either possess functioning respiratory and circulatory systems, or you do not, or you are a zombie. If you are indeed a brain-starved zombie and you would like to save money on car insurance, the GEICO legal team applauds your excellent life choices, even in your shambling afterlife. But we strongly encourage you to visit GEICO.com or download the GEICO app. Please stay a minimum of 500 feet away from our large and presumably delicious, delicious brains. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Every year, thousands overpay for a used car. They're left feeling disappointed, ashamed, 
and alone. Traditional pricing books only add to the confusion, offering only guesstimates and ranges. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. Welcome back to the Y'all Show, Talk with a Southern Accent. I'm your host, John Rawl. And we're glad to have you aboard our show that's all about Dixie. Our Twitter account is at Y'all Show. We'd love to follow. If you can log on, become one of our followers. Each day, we actually tweet out a link to hear the new episode for the day. So we'll, we'll do the work for you here on the show. Well, Matt Hermans is the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, and he's pulling in the workload for us today, already giving us some tips about cooking and grilling. And if you got Q, well, cooking in the fall is a little different than in the dog days of summer as he just told us but one of the things we love to get mr hearman's to talk about is some of our great southern barbecue options when we travel the southland where should we go and that we're going to reach into the bag and pull out a southern state to spotlight here on today's y'all show and what we got well i figured uh since it is kind of getting to be fall uh you know we change it up a little bit and head down to florida uh, i think it's a good time in fact, a lot of people, I like to go to the Florida Panhandle this time of year, even later. It's, oh, a, yeah. great, it's a great time to head. The kid, kids are back in school and a little bit quieter and still plenty warm and uh, lots of things to do over there. So I'm going to I'm gonna focus on the Florida Panhandle. All today, right. John. Well, we like uh, the Redneck Riviera, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So um, a lot of, 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 lot of the listeners uh, of the show, of course, have sure um, either gone down or over to uh to the florida panhandle in the past i try to get over there uh, to destin and in the 30a area uh, <laughs> you, I get you got one of them stickers on your car i don't i don't <laughs> i'm not there enough to be that cool man okay. if, I, if i was there every year i'd probably have one of those cool stickers yeah, but uh i'll give them credit that is seen all over the place the 38 yeah. little round light blue citadel blue sticker they got man it's it's a good good marketing campaign all right yeah, well, when we're over yeah. in Okaloosa, Walton County, and other areas like yes. pa- Panama City, what what has the barrister got lined up for us? Well, I'll tell you what you do, you certainly don't think of uh, you know going to uh, the Florida Panhandle or Destin or Thirty A for barbecue, but look, it's you know you're in the South. There are barbecue joints all over the place, and I can tell you a couple of places I've gone 
when I've been over that way, one in Destin proper and the other one over in Santa Rosa beach, which is, which is down the road a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to start off, but there's a place called Moe's, um, at Buck's Smokehouse. It's Moe's original barbecue okay. and it's in Destin right on Harbor Boulevard. That, that's the same Moe's as a chain from Birmingham. Is that no, 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 I don't, I don't think so. I'm not familiar with the chains from, from Birmingham. I, if, I could be. If it is, it's news to me, but, uh, um, it's kind of a popular joint there. Moe's original, um, in, in, in Destin. And they're the interesting thing about them is they've, it's from, uh, started from, uh, guys from Alabama, uh, from Tuscaloosa and one guy's from Athens and another one's from Huntsville. Um, they all met at the university of Alabama and, uh, became buddies and moved down to Destin and opened up a barbecue joint. So, um, if that's the same guys who did it in Birmingham, then that's, uh, then they've got them all over the place. Yeah. But. Yeah. They, uh, it probably is, or could be a, you know, how this chain stuff works. Sometimes somebody yeah, might start and they did. split off and they, some of them keep a name, but they're not necessarily related. Regardless, you're saying it's good. So Moe's original yeah. in yeah. which location are we talking about here? We're talking about in Destin. It's on Harbor Boulevard oh, okay. um, in Destin, Florida. They've got great pork. They've got a nice sweet sauce. They've got spare ribs, uh, which are, of course, are meatier than, than the baby rib, baby backs. They cook them to where they're soft, almost falling off if you like that style. They've got a nice sweet sauce. The interesting thing is uh, they serve brisket as well that people uh, tend to enjoy, and uh, which is interesting. Florida's kind of a mashup. you got all kinds of barbecue through there. You've got brisket hit pork ribs you got all the stuff from my experience uh, but a lot of people like the brisket especially if you you talk to people they'll go on the certain days that they do have brisket and get it there um i didn't have the beef there um because it's it's a very lean cut a lot of people like lean meat uh, i'm not a i'm not a big fan of the lean brisket myself but uh, a lot of people are and if you like that it'd be worth a stop if you're just craving some cow and you're in the pan and you're uh, go, go to Moe's, but the, I can vouch for the fact the ribs are nicely cooked. They're very tender. They got a nice sweet sauce. Overall, it's pretty solid. I wouldn't say, um, there's anything, uh, totally, totally, uh, unique about the place, but if you're in Destin, uh, it's good. It's good. Go get your pork sandwich with some coleslaw on it and some sweet sauce on the ribs. All right. Duly noted. What else we got? <laughs> you cruise down the road a little bit, uh, to Santa Rosa beach, which people will be familiar with if they go travel that Pretty pretty highway between Destin and Panama City. Hometown um, of one Governor Mike Huckabee. That's where he lives when he's not in Arkansas and well, wherever well, else he is. Uh, you could pick a you could pick a worse place to be. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's what a what a great spot. But there's a place along there, and it's called uh, it's called 98 Barbecue. Um, they do serve barbecue sandwiches. Um, just kind of your 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 average uh, pork sandwich with a little bit of sauce, and they're fine. They're they're good. They kind of they pull the pork and they mix it with the sauce. It's not some people like it that way. Some people don't. Um, I tend to like to be able to to put my own sauce or not on the sandwich, but it's a fine sandwich. The the cool thing about 98 Barbecue is some of the sides and the appetizers they have. I think are pretty neat. They've got um, I'm sure people have had them at other places, but they've got cream corn nuggets. Have you ever had one of those? Yeah. Mm. I love them. You're killing me. I love I love those. Uh, and they have theirs are great. Theirs are great. Um, they've also got something called sweet potato puffs, which are kind of a puffy, uh, almost hard to explain, but almost like a hush puppy, but but lighter, made with sweet potato and fried. 
Um, really good stuff. Um, You're killing me again. <laughs> yeah. So that so so really good, really really cool uh, appetizers and snacks, and a great little bar there at 98 Barbecue as well. So yeah, if you want a pork sandwich, uh, they certainly get that for you. But if you want to share some snacks with a with a friend or family or your wife or your husband. Um, they've got some really good, they've also got some chicken wings that are pretty good as well, but those sweet potato puffs, cream corn nuggets, and they've got some bread pudding for dessert. That's pretty mm. fantastic as well. All um, right. I'm officially dead. You had me, got me, you, you pushed me <laughs> over the edge when you said the, uh, the pet pudding there. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a cool little dive spot along uh, that little area and just a great spot to hang out and have different options. This is the kind of place that we've talked about before where if you got a large group or maybe your wife or husband doesn't want to sit down and eat four different kinds of meat on a plate you know you got all kinds of different stuff to eat um and that, that's a kind of a cool place to do that and to have you know an ice cold beverage uh, enjoy the the scenery and the nice little area over there at santa rosa all right well matt Herman's thank you one of the great things about the florida panhandle if you go there and many in the south go there on vacation it is a true collection of most of the South. I know maybe South Carolinians, North Carolinians, Virginians don't get to Virginia or don't get to Destin that often, but everybody else from Atlanta all the way to Texas, from Kentucky and Missouri southward, that Destin, the panhandle of Florida is a very, very hot spot for tourism. Mm -hmm. And therefore, Matt, when you talk about these barbecue places, they got to be pretty good because they're not going to allow people from Texas to come to a place like Moe's and have a terrible brisket and like, that place is terrible. I'll never go back there. <laughs> That's true. And you're exactly right about the selection. Everybody from, yeah, from Texas to Atlanta and everybody kind of meets up and you're right. The food reflects that, I think. I think that's part of the reason there's such a kind of a, I guess a diversity of barbecue and meats and things like that is because you want to be able to serve all those kind of regional palates. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a great spot. Yeah, you're right. Well, I'm always right, except when I'm wrong. Matt Hermans, <laughs> barrister, bodacious barbecue. Thank you for your very knowledgeable and insightful report today. I loved it. And I look forward to the next one, John. All right. Well, that will conclude today's y'all show. We appreciate you tuning us in and, helping us kind of get ready for Hurricane Florence. Please, again, buckle down, evacuate if you're listening to us in the areas that may be affected by that. We'll be back here tomorrow with the latest on Florence. We'll also talk ACC football, and we'll get a report from Music City USA with our friend Precious Harris. That's all on Wednesday's Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Hey there.
there? I'm a glue stick, so I have one job. I glue kids stuff. So sorry for being jealous of Geico, who does a ton more. Like give you 24-7 access to thousands of licensed agents. And Geico has been around for over 75 years and has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. While I've just got mediocre adhesive skills, Geico also has an award-winning mobile app. Uh-oh, arts and crafts time. No eating the glue stick. Miss Lydia! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more.